Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Wing Canton's biggest weekend of the uh, the Badger Beers Trophy and the Elite Hurdle headline in the jumps action in the UK this weekend. They've also got the Grand Sefton in a new position and Jim wants to talk about the Breeders' Cup so we might do that as well at the end. As per usual, here he is, Big James Watson. Hello, mate. Hello, doing fantastic. Um, Del Mar this weekend, one of my favourite probably meetings of the year, really. I'm, I, I'm always growing up, waiting up late to watch the Breeders' Cup was always something that I used to love doing. And uh, hopefully my look at the Breeders' Cup continues this year. We've not done bad last couple of years. Um, and the England dominated, English and Irish dominated last year. Um, Godolphin looks looks like they've got a strong battalion to go there. So, and there's Wing Canton sees the return of Goshen um, and a competitive Badger Bay uh, trophy, which looks wide open, uh, and some good graded action from Nace over the weekend as well. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's a bit of summer for everyone this weekend as well. The November handicap on the flat at Donner. I genuinely have no idea who's running on that card whatsoever. Work this week has just been Breeders' Cup, Breeders' Cup, Breeders' Cup. Uh, so I might have a little bit of an opinion on, on some of those races, more than I normally would for anything that's not over obstacles. Uh, we'll start with Wing Canton, though, Jim. Look, it's one of them cards that... It's just got the look of being a favourite stay, does it not? Nappers Hills in the Novice Hurdle. Uh, at 115, no point really discussing that race because he should win all being well. Uh, and the 150, the Rising Stars, and obviously has chased Brave Man's Games 2 to 1 on to beat Favois, Nick Pastor, ta- Captain Tomcat, Jack Amara, and Gobble Hill. Is there any point discussing that? Because if Brave Man's Game reproduces what he did first time up, he'll absolutely want these. There's one little angle, and it's with a, a little pest of our. Uh, our friend in Favois sees the returning Bridget Andrews on board, who uh, Adam Webb, good friend of the pod, and Ed Priest as well, uh, also believe that she has the Midas touch aboard Favois, and that certainly looks so in his form figures. Um, oh, she's unbeaten on him, really, um, when she's ridden here. He's, a, he's an awkward bugger, but uh, he'll have to take some passing to get past Brave Man's game. He, he jumped him to sleep last time, beating Fusel Raffles, and the form's been frank since with uh, his win in the Charlie Hall. So um, if he jumps, he'll more than likely hack, hack up. Um, exciting, and I'll be wondering where to go next from here. Would you keep him at 2-4 for now, or go for three miles, Luke? Yeah, pretty much. If I had also I wanted to be a Gold Cup horse, Jim, I don't think I would run them in the RSA unless I thought they were a bit of a big tank-like character like Monkfish. And to be fair, Brave Man's Game, I kind of put in that mould as well. But if if I want my horse to be winning RSA, I'm not running him over three miles until Christmas or after Christmas. Yeah, same here. A bit of a graveyard, the uh, the three-mile chasing division this early on. Yeah, well, it's, it's for RSA horses, isn't it? Yeah. Not RSA, sorry, National Chase. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know why I said that. Uh, do you like anything in the mayor's novices hurdle? Undo Lassenier, who's obviously owned by a couple of friends of the podcast, is the four to one for Rose of Arcadia. Is a horse who you'd hope would be better than a mark of one nineteen for the Tizards. Yeah, uh, a horse I've got a lot of time for. Links in with Shiroko's dream uh, from that point to point. Uh, back in 2019 and and won decisively in a, in a and what I think's turned out to be a nice novice hurdle. I don't think Fables are too bad a horse, uh, to be honest, for the for owners group. Uh, and Farn was fairly solid last season, so it's got bits and pieces of form in the book. Rose of Arcadia. I, I'd certainly like her to be a lot better than 119. Um, I think she will more than likely have a good chance here. Um, but there's nice horses in there as well Windhouse is a horse I had a lot of time for in bumpers um, sticking over hurdles again this year um, likes a nice furious gallop and she's a, she ran in a few muddling affairs last year and that probably didn't quite suit her um, and uh, there's times I thought three miles was too far for her but when she ran over two five I thought that wasn't that was too short for her so Maybe somewhere in the middle or a well-run two-mile five might be up her street, and she's a horse I certainly won't be ruling out as well. Uh, Kisses for Kate is a horse that you 
expecting the world from Lou. Yeah, I, I really liked her in her younger days, mate. Uh, I thought she remained a, a very well handicapped horse at the start of of last season as well. And there are bits and pieces of her form that make her look, you know, better than a one two seven horse, but her form probably has just levelled out a bit. It was that third at, uh, at Cheltenham in a bumper where she was hugely eye-catching. Master Debonair won the race and Time Hill was second. Kisses for Katie was third and that, that ended up being a right race. Holden all Astill and Rimmel Valley McFabulous were all behind her then. And she then went and ran some good races in some uh, listed mare's bumpers. And he said, you know, bits of a fob, even, of a, even as a hurdler, would have a, you know, being better than a current mark, exit and obvious hurdle uh, at the back end of 2019. She was within a couple of lengths of both Sporting John and Harry Senior. Uh, and I say her, her last start, which was around this time last year, really, she's been off for, for a, a good period, wasn't wasn't too bad. If she's, if she's ready first time up, you know, she could remain a well-handicapped horse off 127. I, I don't deny that, but you're taking a little bit of a chance, are you? Yeah, certainly. A, a, an interesting race for me. I, I, I think there's five, possibly six very nice mares that could progress from this race this year. Um, the market's probably roughly got it about right. I'd probably play a Rose of Arcadia each way uh, if you could still get that five to one around, especially with the Tizard horses looking like they're bouncing back. Uh, I'd certainly think there's a lot more to come from her. Fair enough, mate. Uh, the three o'clock is the 60th Badger Beer Handicap Chase. This is what we like. Uh, Hurricane Harvey, 13-2, to 5 to beat Highland Hunter, who's 7-1. to 1. Some Chaos, 8. Cap Dunar, 8. El Presente, 10s. 11s for Potterman, Irish Prophecy. 12s, Cobra de Mai, 16-1. to 1 Bar. Uh, Big Jim. I, I, I always have a terrible, terrible record at predicting the winner of the Badger Beers chase, even though it's a race on paper I should really, really like. I've got one I kind of like here, though. What about you? Um, it's, it's also a race I have a terrible record in as well, so I'll let your record be uh, broken first. I think Highland Hunter might still be on a nice mark off 145. Admittedly, he maybe didn't impress as much as people would have liked him to in the second half of last season. But he just looked such a forest stayer when he first went over fences. You know, he on his on his chasing debut, he was giving a decent race to Ask Me Early, who won this week over hurdles. Uh, when it, when he came down again, just looking looking like a bit of a boat. One next time up went up ten pounds. Got done under a penalty, but again he looked the winner of that race. I felt for a long way, and then just didn't seem to stay stay in the uh, Midlands National. It's not the strongest pick ever, but I just thought you know staying chasing is surely going to be this lad's game, and I, I think he went well enough for. 80%, 75% of the Midlands National to think, you know, this is the sort of race that might seem the best effect if he's going to be competitive off 145. Yeah, certainly respect that. There's a lot, quite a bit more progression to come only the fourth year starts, obviously. Um, and, and like you said, came down early at Chepstow when looking like he was in for a fight with Asmi early. Um, and, and the form of the Midlands National, I don't think is too bad, especially with Mighty Thunder. Uh, going out and winning the Scottish National after that last year, so it was a ridiculously strong race. I think we've seen it backed up Screaming Colours went very close to winning the Court National, didn't they? Yeah, last uh, weekend. Yeah, certainly, and uh, some nice horses in behind. So uh, maybe an above-average Midlands National for usual, especially when we're talking about time to get up later on. Um, for me, I think Captain Ord's most interesting. Um, slightly exposed now. Uh, over over fences, but you sort of know what you're going to get with him in these sorts of races. Um, was fifth in the Bet365 Gold Cup. Um, sort of 
disappointing in the end the way he travelled into the race for the for the Bet Three Six Five Gold Cup. Um, however, he running off a mark of one forty there, back down five pounds after a disappointing run over hurdle, uh, hurdles at Compiègne in a listed race, and slightly disappointing in the Native River uh, handicap chase at Chepstow as well. Um, but he's back down to a mark of one three five. He was second to Royal Pagai at Kempton, um, off a mark of one three three. So only two pound higher than that, and third to taking risks in the Sky Bet at Doncaster. Um, so and eight to one is probably fair enough value for him. Jack Tudor's valuable, three pound being taken off. Christian Williams, his horses are, are coming back into form now. Um, I think eight to one is probably where I'll be landing at this moment in time. There's there's not an awful lot in the race that I'm particularly fancy. There's a lot of that bet three six five form represented here with our presenter Potterman. Um, there are all sorts of same type of horses. Um, but I think there could be a little bit more progression to come from, from Captain Ard this year. Potterman has absolutely zero chance of winning a race for another three years. Yeah, it's on. poor fella's on one four eight. He's never going to be winning a race off one four eight. No, wouldn't be surprised to see him rock up in a national this season, but uh, surely, surely not of that. A couple of old friends in here, good to see Double Shuffle back out as well. He ran at Chepstow. Uh, Already this season, and was well down the field in the veterans' chase. But he's he's just a name I like seeing on a race card, like good old Regal Encore, who ran another good race at Ascot midweek. And Jim, of course, of all the gin joints for our friend Paul Taylor. And yeah, I think hasn't, hasn't gone to plan so far yet this year. No, travelled travelled into the race at Aintree well enough, and and just didn't seem to have him much in hand. Um, he had a spin over hurdles in which he was disappointing, but that that was to just get him back to to full fitness and getting revved up for this. This has been the target since early season. Uh, I think headgear goes on for the first time, so uh, hopefully that can spark him up into life. And 20-1 to 1 could be a, a fair bit of value for, an, for a nice horse. Um, hopefully he goes well, and, and fingers crossed for a safe round. Yeah, good luck to have all the gene joints. It'd be a victory for the podcast if he did come home, no matter whether we were fancying him or not. Uh Jim, after that, we've got the Uni Bet Elite hurdle at 3.35. Soul Royals 11-4 to, to beat Goshen at 9-4. Belfast Band to 15-2. Christopher Wood 9-1. Soul Pretender 10-1. to Takane 14. And Hatcher 33-1. Uh, this should be a penalty kick for Soul Royal, should it not? That's what I'm thinking. It's a fascinating affair when you look at it on paper. Um, because do you go for the tried and tested route or do you go for the well maybe we might get the wow factor factor um i'm probably leaning with you at the minute lewis we saw royal ultra consistent i think uh winner of this race before and, and has run round run round wing canton well before um absolutely cruise cruise home in this race last year did the elite hurdle used to be um a handicap, handicap. yeah yes, it did. um I thought so, and and probably would have made this race slightly more interesting this year um, if it was. Um, obviously, only the one pound between Goshen and So Royal, but um, So Royal has shown that he's still the force of old, beating Silver Streak and Takani at uh, at Kempton in that listed hurdle. Um, I think with that race fitness, he he'll probably take all the beating, but definitely don't understand, uh, underestimate. Uh, Belfast Banter, winner of the Grade 1 uh, Novice Hurdle at Aintree over two miles um, and winner at, of the County Hurdle at Cheltenham as well, absolutely blitzing up there um, a well round race to him and knowing Goshen's tendencies uh, he'll like to go forward, Takani also likes to go forward um, the race, if they take each other on, the race could set up for Belfast Banter. Obviously, Peter Fahey sending one over at Wincanton isn't something we see very often, so, uh, that certainly wants to take note. Has been disappointed, uh, in the Labrooks hurdle and the uh, Galway hurdle as well. Um, but back into graded action, uh, after two disappointing handicap runs, it might seem go a little bit better. Um, but for me, so Ryle, I, I think you're going to agree with me here mostly, Lewis, aren't you? Yeah, I, I find it hard to see him getting beaten, really. I think, you know, you, 
should he not just be odds on? I mean, goals from you, I'm guessing that. Completely guessing that. His only good run last season came at Wincanton. Fair enough, although look, I, I guess you could, I guess you could uh, happily ignore the first start at Cheltenham in the international, given the way that race went. But last two starts, he was practically unrideable in the champion hurdle. Showed little at Punchestown apart from misbehaviour. Uh, <laughs> no. Belfast Banner isn't as good as Soul Royal, is it? That's, I, I just think that's, that's a, a, a straight enough fact. I know, I know he fell last time out, but... And that's as bad a group one, novice hurdle you'll ever see. That, what he won at Aintree. That's a dreadful race. Uh, be shocked if he was good enough to win this. And the rest just kind of go to symbolise, you know, how far behind we are. Compared how piss poor the two-mile division is. Compared to the Irish, yeah. And, you know, I, I know I've said it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Tritonic went off second fab for the champion hurdle. But he'd be single figures to win this, wouldn't he? Not the champion hurdle, sorry, like the fighting fifth. But he'd be yeah. single figures to win this. So, well, that's why Belfast Banter's come off. Because he's probably got a better chance of winning a grade two over here over two miles than he has of winning a grade three in Ireland. Completely. And, you, I mean, you look at not just him, but like a horse like Jason the Militant. You know, I'd, I'd, I know he won, won on the flat last week, didn't he? But, you know, that that sort of animal who might be a little bit more up against it in winning winning races in Ireland at that level. Even, I know they said going, they're going chasing him, but if you wanted to reintroduce Saint-Wah, you know, to to action this season, th- 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 this would be a, a fairly, fairly... Uh, tantalising race to do it in if I were the trainer of any sort of say grade two level hurdler in Ireland. Uh so well win this you can just say you can't buy him dead sound, did it very well at Kempton last time out. Uh, I just think he's better than all these by a fair degree. Uh would the ground sorry Lewis, would the ground worry if the Goshen if it's good? If Goshen gets beat I don't think it'll be the ground that beats him. It just be his immaturity. Is it immaturity? Is 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 he's had a fair fair few tries now. Another another winter on uh, another summer on his back might have brought him out, chilled him out a bit. The, they're all guesses, though, aren't they? You know, you might say, you know, he might have he might have listened to a mindfulness podcast on the way to the race, <laughs> and that might that might have helped him. You know, every every part of making a case for Goshen relies on on an assumption or a guess that something's changed with it. I I just visioned um, Goshen listening to the new Jake Humphreys podcast with Alistair Campbell. (laughs) Does that exist? Yeah, yeah, Jake Humphreys was posting about it on, on Twitter the other day as if Jake Humphreys isn't hateable enough. What about um, to calm people down? With Alistair uh, Campbell and Jake Humphrey. Something. Calm some, people down. Yeah, something along their lines. Whilst he was riding a bike, round in a circle by the looks of it as well. Odd, really odd. I might just have a little guess that it will have the opposite effect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jake. Uh, no, mate, look, I, I think Solberg wins this and I think he should do it in... Comfortable-ish fashion. I can see what you mean about Belfast Banner. And there are circumstances where I can see him better, being a better horse uh, than what he's produced so far. But he's still, he's still a stone beyond, below what I reckon Sorrell has been doing recently. Uh, up at Aintree, pal. The Grand Sefton is in a new position. And in the calendar, it's not moved. Of course, two fifteen it is this year at Aintree. Time to get up his nine to two fab to beat Cat Tiger at five to one. He was good fun over the Aintree fences last season, wasn't he? Senior Citizens eights, Hogan's height is eight. Uh, is eights. Ten Spyglass Hill, Thomas McDonough. 
and five-star getaway 12s, Frankie de Burley, the West's awake, and Sir Jack Yates, 20-1 to one bar them. Jim, this is an interesting race because you've got a horse who's an up-and-coming stayer, one you'd expect to be in the reckoning for the Grand National come the end of the season. But a Midlands National winner running over two and a half miles. That would certainly be an absolute head-scratcher. Going into this season, time to get up a horse I'm really looking forward to. And over staying trips, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But surely he's got to be a lay here at 92, uh, running over 2-5. I, kn- I know early on in his career, uh, he had bits and pieces over, over short and distance, uh, shorter distances. He was third behind Canelo, but sort of looked really outpaced then uh, at Aintree, not over the national course. Um, obviously, an impressive performance to win that Midlands National. We've talked about the form of that and how strong we think it's going to be this year. Um, so I can't really get the thinking to run over 2-5. Um, probably prepped to getting ready uh, for national fences, see if he enjoys it, ready for the, the target later on in the year in April. Um, but for me, I, I can't be having him over this distance. If he, if he gets in a little bit of a tangle over these fences and doesn't enjoy it as much, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be absolutely swimming out back. Um, a horse who I think... He's sort of made for these sorts of races this year and, and has already had his head in front, his senior citizen, uh, who won a nice handicap chase at Market Raisin. Um, some nice horses in behind, uh, including Mr Muldoon uh, and uh, Red Risk and Gautreau Joe, Casablanca Mix as well. Um, all solid handicappers. And He was third behind Live Love Laugh in the top of last year off a mark of 137. Uh, he's off 139 here, having taken advantage of a mark of 134. Um, he jumps the fence, he's jumped the fences before. Uh, he, he's in form. We know what he is. And I think he's a solid sort of value here at sixes. Uh, after a, a, a nice victory at market raise and good ground is the key to him as well. Um, anything other than good to soft, I'd be slightly worried about keeping him on good ground seems to bring the best out of him. Um, and I'd be hopeful of a good run. Uh, if good ground is available at Aintree on Saturday and sixes is, is fair enough value for me in a race that doesn't exactly inspire me um, watching David Maxwell over the national fences is something that does inspire me um, I absolutely adore watching him ride uh, and good on him for doing it um, and I hope Tani, uh, Cap Tiger gives him a, a great spin around the national fences which I surely, surely will uh, we saw that last year in the Hunter Chase he had a great spin, uh, and at one stage, I did think he was going to win the race. Uh, but hopefully, safe round, had a little prep to warm himself back up, I think, today. Um, not seen him out and riding just yet, but go on, David. Have a, have a safe spin round, but let's see any citizen win, please. Oh, I won't be banking on that, Jim. I thought Cat Tigers running the... Uh in the Fox Hunters last season was arguably the worst round of jumping I've ever seen from a horse at Aintree that managed to get around. <laughs> it was a fun, fun round. Times. It was a fun round. No, it was thoroughly entertaining. It was thoroughly entertaining. And Dave, that was one of the David Maxwell's finest hours in the saddle, keeping that partnership intact. Uh, but I wouldn't have thorough confidence on him being able to do it again, given Cat Tiger's tendency to not realise what was in front of him. Uh, we've landed on the same horse. His senior season is just very, very solid, isn't it? Form over the fences. Good weather last time. I'll only be put up £5. Likes his trip, which is something... Well, at his best over this trip, which isn't something you can level at the favourite, you know, as progressive as he was last season. Just goes and wins, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, I, I, but, I can't believe 60s is still around and 92 times to go the the one I find interesting coming over is a horse who I've kind of kept an eye on for handicaps for the last season or two, thinking there might be a, a semi-decent one in him. And he has ran well enough in some, some big handicaps. Uh, Spyglass Hill, who carries top weight, coming over with Hugh Morgan on board for Henry de Bromhead. Down in trip. Decent-ish effort when fifth in the Munster National Last time out, you know, he also ran the first half of the field in the Fiestes. 
he's steadily crawling back down the weights, isn't he? Uh, although he does have Irish tax added on to him with the UK handicap. But he was one who's, whose name I, I looked at when I saw him in the race entries and kind of thought, I like the idea of them doing this. Mm. If you know what I mean. That's not me yeah. saying I think he's winning, but he's he isn't a horse I'd have immediately expected to see in the entries. But when I saw his name there, I kind of thought, yeah, I can have that. Yeah. Uh, but we're both on senior citizen, mate. Another double nap. Another winning double nap. Come on, <laughs> that doesn't happen often. We had that last week, didn't we? We saw in glory. Five, five to one winning double nap. When does that ever happen? Oh, the greatest day in turf talk history. It wasn't until Chamblou fell at the second last. Aye, Condor Castle got round, which meant I beat you in that. Uh, there's also the Betway Hurdle at 320 at This is an interesting little race here. Brewing up a storm's 2 to 1 5 to beat Wild about Oscar, who's 100 to 30. Somerville Boys 4 to 1. Liz Nagar Oscar 8. If the cap fits 17 to 2. Martello Sky 10 to 1. Uh, Jim, I'll let you start with this because I have to admit I have a problem. In that I think Wild about Oscar and third time lucky are the same horse. <laughs> if, I, if my memory serves me right, I think you have a very good record in this race. Um, did Somerville Boy win this race last year? Uh, yes, he did. I and I was, I was, you napped him for that. The year before, that I can't remember. But I, I, I have, I'm pretty sure that you have a very good record in this race. Uh, and I was hoping that, that you'd be willing to go first, but... Brewing up a storm, wind operation, uh, looking to find a bit more uh, here. Nice winner at Fontweller the, um, of the National Spirit. McFabulous in behind, and who at the time everyone thought the world of after his, his domination in the rail keel. Uh, brushed that aside. And Molly Ollie's Wishes, who we've seen win last weekend at Weatherby as well. Um, ran with credit in the entry hurdle, but never really jumped very well, I didn't think. Um, just kept making the odd error and, and just plugged on in the end uh, behind Ab- Abacadabras. Um, but a little bit calmer waters here. Um, carrying top weight with the penalty for that grade two victory. Um, I think will go well, but first time out's not normally the, the time to catch him personally. But um, this seems like a logical introduction. While about Oscar last year, um, won some nice hurdles. Um, Beat the glancing queen at Exeter uh, and Vink Condition in a in a handicap. Um, disappointing when well touted for the Potemps uh, handicap at Aintree. Um, coming into this season, you wouldn't warrant the chances in, in a race like this, and um, more progressive than the others who are who are looking slightly exposed. Um, I think we'll go well. One at a price. Uh, I think this is a nice sort of race to see whereabouts she is in the pecking order this season, how good she might actually go. It's Martello Sky. She's a she's a mare that I've got an awful lot of time for. Um, she looks a little bit beat at market race, and I thought with probably five, six to jump, slow start, uh, slow start, um, just jumping very slow and tardily at the beginning. Um, but Briny Frost brought her out wide. As soon as she brought a wide round the bend, her acceleration from the bend to the second last at Market Raisin was breathtaking. I know it was a handicap and uh, running against probably slightly inferior horses, but sort of put a stamp down as in as if she's improved a hell of a lot more this season. Um, and she had nice little bits and pieces in in Mare's novice hurdles and uh, Mare's uh, list, uh, won a listed race last year. Um, so. She had the the right reasons to be bolting up in that market raising race, and, and yes, the form isn't anything like this. But at ten to one, I'd I'd be willing to take a take a bit of each way, maybe two places, only the two places. But it's probably worth the risk in this against exposed rivals like If the Cat Fits, who maybe four mile might suit him. Same with Lisnagar, Oscar, Somerville boys, not getting any younger and and looking more exposed and. Martello Sky for me is 
an up and coming progressive mare who I think will be winning a lot more nice races this year. So ten to one for me is probably where I'll be landing, but I respect brewing up a storm at twos. My initial thoughts on this race was that I wanted to get brewing up a storm. B thought he was short enough. But you kind of can only come away with it thinking he's probably the likeliest winner in there. He's the likeliest winner, but yeah, I still want to take him on. I get what you mean. Yeah, I came into it thinking, well, surely I can find an angle here that'll have him that'll have him beaten. I'm struggling for it. If I can run through run through the field, I like what you're saying about Martellos guy. You know, and she's very much going the right way, but she is, you know. Taking a huge step up in class in terms of winning a, a mayor's listed event and a class three handicap into some, you know, I want to say some graded level horses. I, 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 it sounds harsh me being enthusiastic about that, but they are all horses who, you know, you'd want to be beating with a progressive type, but I'm just not sure whether she is that progressive. If the cap fits, can't jump a fence. So I like that they've come back over hurdles with him, but they did that in the second half of last season and he showed absolutely nothing. Uh, his best former team win this, but has there been a sign of that since he won over fences at Chepstow? I don't think so. Uh, Liz Nagaroska needs further. He's happy to rule him out. Somerville boy. You know what, he's the one I reckon's a, a bigger danger to the favourite than Wild About Oscar. Whose profile is, is undoubtedly, you know, sexier and the form of his uh, listed win at Exeter looks decent now, you know, on deep, deep, deep ground. But he was just stringing about, stringing out horses there who were better at different things, wasn't he? Yeah. The Glancing Queen I'd consider to be a horse who needs further. Oscar Elite is a massive boat and he managed to finish third. You know, so I'm not quite sure whether, you know, Wild About Oscar gives weight to Somerville Boy. For all the potential Wild About Oscar has, I'm not sure whether there's £9 disparity between them at the ratings, and Somerville Boy's a bigger price, so I'd happily have him in a match with Wild About Oscar. You know, Somerville Boy's form after he went and won this last season, beating Chitabello, Thomas Darby, call me Lord Navajo Pass, you know, who are fair horses for the level. You know, I don't think it was a, a dreadful renewal. It was an unexciting renewal. But it was it wasn't substandard, I guess. Third in the long fourth sorry in the long distance third behind Time Hill, Paisley Park and McFabulous. You know, he's within ten lengths of, of the winner there. That's good form. Back down to two miles, again in the absurd international. He was Within three lengths of winning that, they're, they're decent runs. Okay, didn't go to plan for him last time out in the rail keel. But his two runs there give him, give him a better chance than most here. Brewing up a storm, did well when he went back over hurdles. You know, won the national spirit, ran fifth in the entry hurdle and not beaten too far either. Replicates that, he should win. And I'd expect some of the old boy to pose a biggest threat, but God, this is tricky. It's a race I'm, I'm not very enthusiastic about. <laughs> We've done a lot of talking about a race that not of us have a strong opinion of. No, no, that's the jump season, isn't it, all lad? That's the jump season. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on Saturday? Um, I think that's uh, uh, on Saturday in general. Uh, uh, the league beaters come to end. Okay. Um, there's a grade three between Quilixios, Jeff Kidder, and Tahupu at uh, Nays, which looks promising. Um, uh, I think, I don't know who I'd be signing with at the moment in time, but it uh, looks an interesting renewal. Uh, there's the popular square chase uh, for the Captain Guinness, Andy Dufresne, Felix Desjean, Darwin Star, part 27. That race happened at least 50 times last season. 
and I feel like Black Ball won them all. <laughs> you just feel like they're just bumping into each other again, don't you? Darva Star versus Captain Guinness versus who else did you say? Andy Dupree. Again, versus Felix Deji as well. Christ. I'll have to make sure I watch that. <laughs> I beg uh, one of the outsiders beat them. I know that they're not going to be anywhere near, but it'd be funny. No. Who cares, Jim? Because we'll see them all race against each other in three weeks. <laughs> That's all they do. I saw a tweet yesterday that said, you know, just put Fulham, Norwich and West Brom in a little mini league and just make them play each other. <laughs> what, for suffering Ten- everyone else here? Yeah, rather than just having Fanny around going up and going down. Take those four horses out and just have them in like a little a little Champions League group throughout the season. It's not going to win anything up against good horses. <laughs> make, make them suffer. No, not make them suffer, Jim. That's a harsh thing to say. Well, not in maybe, that way. Maybe, maybe that would be more interesting if those four kept racing, racing against each other every month as they do in real life and you got three points for a win, two points for second, one point for third, zero points for fourth and no one... Uh, and they were no one else could enter. Just those four horses against each other, six times a season, and whoever whoever wins gets ten grand. Well, current situation, I'd say maybe two pound fifty. But <laughs> but that would be the most interesting thing that anyone could do with those four horses this season. Fair enough. I'll write to uh, Horse Racing Island with my idea. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be thrilled to hear it. Um, Aintree's first in the novice hurdle. I'm looking forward to seeing Tiger by the tail over, over hurdles. Um, just denied late on by Source of Life, who uh, was due to make his appearance over hurdles uh, the other week, but was withdrawn due to the ground. Um, I think the front two of them that won that race, including Tiger by the tail, will be good this season and, and I'm looking forward to that nice little race that Hillcrest is in it as well um, who stayed on really strongly in a Weatherby bumper as well um, so it's, it's a race I'm looking forward to that that first one at Aintree as well we didn't give that much of a mention um, but other than that that's mostly all for Saturday no Sunday obviously we, we don't have final decks out for that the Future Stars Intermediate Chase is the headline act at Sandown, uh, the big breakaway uh, jocked up there as his Chantry House secret reprieve also entered. So that, that'll that be an interesting little clash if if they do both go there. You'd expect Chantry House to win that and set himself up uh, for a tilt at the Gold Cup this season. A nice veterans chase as well to look forward to at Sandown on Sunday. We've also got a couple of graded races in Ireland. Uh, the Fort Trier. He's there with the likes of Hardline and Sam Crow. Easy game involved. And the Liz Mullen hurdle with De Rasso, Sayada Burley, Abacadabras and Florian Porter all potentially reappearing. Mrs Milner in that as well. Uh, Jim, you love the Breeders' Cup, so I'll let you just talk about whatever you want. Um, I th- I th- it's just the best time of the year. Staying up late, watching them run round tight courses uh, and seeing if they react to it and I mean the, the, the last race finishes at at half past midnight Jim I won't call it it's not exactly rock and roll uh, that's that's how I live my life that's a lifestyle Jim Bowie's we love probably the horse I'm most looking forward to on Friday is probably Jack Christopher um, in the Breeze Cup Juvenile um was very, very impressive at Belmont um, in the Grade 1. I've been only made his, his, his one-start prior to that. Um, Chad Brown has uh, loves to have winners at the Breeders' Cup and uh, also bought into by the Coolmore operation. Um, I think he'll go very well. I'm looking forward to seeing him. He's roughly around 11 to 8. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, on the Friday, there's, there's a, a a few English competitors in the in the juvenile turf sprint. Uh, Twilight Jet 
for Mick O'Callaghan, uh, Armour, uh, Hierarchy, Gobert, Goat, and I'm just what bother saying that, I can't speak. Um, and also a few of Wesley Ward's that we'll, we have heard of this year um, at Royal Ascot. I think that's a fascinating sort of race. I think the return to five furlongs will suit Armour. Um, we saw him win the Molecum early on in the season at Goodwood. Uh, mostly campaigned over six, uh, a good third in the Group 1 Middle Park uh, and in the Group 1 Morney, um, just nabbed late on by uh, Katori and the Flying Childers. So, rock-solid form this season at graded action for him. Um, if he handles the tight turns, I think he will. Um, I think he'll go well for the for the Hannans and Arsha Cab. Um, anything from you on the Saturday on the Friday, Lou? Uh, I'm doing it. I'm currently doing a preview for the juvenile turf for ATR. It's a tricky little race. It's, it's quite an interesting one, obviously, because I think the horse with clearly the best European form, Dubai Legend, has got an absolutely woeful draw in stall 14, widest of all. So whether that kind of negates his chances, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think the the favourite modern games is the likeliest winner. Just he's been going the right way, and he just looks such a pacey horse for a miler. You know, all his forms over seven, but this is what Delmar will be. He's got the inside stall in stall one, which was the one Mendelssohn came out of uh, the last time this was at Delmar to win to win it. He'll he'll probably win. There's a there's a nice horse though of uh, in there for the locals uh, called Portfolio Company. He's been beaten on his last two starts, trained by Chad Brown. I can see him going well, and he's a double-figure price. You know, had a right battle with Annapolis, who's probably the best turf juvenile in America. He misses a Breeders' Cup through injury. But they had a right ding-dong up the whole straight last time out in a Grade 2 event at Belmont, I think it was. Uh, And... he really impressed me there, to be fair. I don't think he should be a double-figure price. He looks like the best of the Americans. You know, but you, you can give everything a chance. Albar bolted up in against some pretty mediocre, mediocre opposition to in a grade one at Woodbine last time out. Uh, he'll need to be quicker away because he can't afford to do the same thing at Del Mar as he did at Woodbine against better opposition and at such a tight course. He was practically asleep in the first furlong. And you know was off the bridle coming round the home turn, cleared away really well, but can't do that here. And uh, don't and forget the Yorkshire sprinting star, Dakota Gold. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's a US Dakota Gold. He's not one to rule out, Jim. To be fair, he's a he's two out of two, both of which have been pretty Mickey Mouse. But he's done. He couldn't he couldn't have done any more than was asked of him. Impressive both times. He's not he's not a silly. A silly each way bet at about 16s, mate. Don't, I wouldn't yeah, rule out same here. I agree. I wouldn't rule out Dakota Gold of going well in the in the uh, juvenile turf as long as he remembers that he isn't the OG. <laughs> no one will ever replace the proper Dakota Gold. No, the legend that is. Uh, that's pretty much all we've said. Obviously, Glamfawn as well is fascinating. For Aidan O'Brien, given his record in the race, you look at him and he, you know they brought him, they brought him back from six months off in a Dewhurst, and then he went and won the Killer Vullard a week later. But that that with Killer Vullard was a messy race, was it not? The first seven were separated by a length. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure whether Aidan O'Brien really has any stars amongst his two-year-olds so far this season. You know, I'd, I'd I'd be happy just to watch Glown for uh, it'd be it'd be modern games for me in the juvenile turf, and that's the race I've I've spent most time uh, looking at. Really, mise on scenes one to keep an eye on as well. Isn't she from a European point of view? You know, I think she's better than she showed last time out. Yeah, she's also got a little bit of a horror draw as well, hasn't she? Um... Yeah, that's a problem. Um, and that that'd be my only worry with her in that. Um, but other than that, hello, you it brings in the form from the Rockfell, but I don't think the Rockfell's necessarily as strong 
uh, as maybe we'd like to think it is. Um, Francis Henri Graffard has the nice um, Malafath, who won the Criterium de Maison Lafitte last time, uh, just clinging on. Um, but Ryan Moore uh, for the job, and, uh, and uh, she's probably of the European challenges for me going to be more of a chance than the others. I, I think I think the juvenile Phillies turf will be going to America. I would also once again like to distance myself from Jim Watson calling Nicole Callahan English. Well, <laughs> don't go back with this. They're all the same. We're, we're not. We're we're not going to go back to that, are we? No. Let's move on to the Saturday. Jim, what's the however many years of of fragile peace in Northern Ireland? Jim Watson is on a one man mission to wreck it, (laughs) and only referring to Irish horses as English. When it comes to the Breeders' Cup, we are an army together. We are Um, one team. We are one team. um, Moving swiftly on. Uh, I love it. And I, do you know what? That, it's the thing I like about I like the Breeders' Cup and the Melbourne Cup is that I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I thought like we can just kind of like get behind some horses like it's football. Yeah, like and I would genuinely be buzzing for an Irish horse or a French horse to win a race at the Breeders' Cup. I'll cheer anything if they come from Europe. If there's a Spanish horse, what was the Spanish sprinter called? It was Canarius. Yeah, if he was running, I'd be cheering him on. You name it, if it's if it's from Europe, uh, I will be cheering it on. That makes me sound like a proper Brexiteer. Well, not Brexiteer, but the opposite. Um, this has took a dark turn. Uh, the Saturday certainly looks interesting enough. The Breeders' no, Cup turf. What I think we should do, Jim, is I think we should we should kind of make it like Eurovision and try and bring all the obscure horses from all parts of Europe back. So we'll have. Uh, Subway dancer and the Dino <laughs> Gold coming over from Czech Republic. We can back them up, bring over those back. Whatever he is nowadays, have him for the Hungarians. Get Ialisos back out. Yes, yes. For, for Luca Kamani, obviously the, the Greek freak from about a decade ago, who had to come to England because nothing would race him in Greece because he'd just batter everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um. Any others you can think of? Trinitro, the Norwegian horse who got in the Grand National yes, about yes. 20 years ago. Yes. Have him. What they should do, what they should do is they should relocate the Velcapada Beach to Del Mar. <laughs> Make it a hell of a lot more exciting and book Patrick Mullins to ride all of them. I might watch it then. <laughs> Moving on to the Saturday. Um, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint looks an exciting renewal. Golden Powell. Emma Rassiana, Glass Slippers in a case of you all bring in red hot form. Um, Golden Pal was disappointing in the Nunthorpe this year. Um, bounced back in, in, a, in a nice Keeneland grade two. Um, and Emma Rassiana, fresh off his Haydock sprint victory uh, and running really well uh, in the Nunthorpe as well. And Glass Slippers looks to retain the title. Um, not quite been seen to her best this year. Um, slightly been slow away uh, in the starts this year, which she's never been flying out the gates, uh, even when you look at this race last year, but um, sort of just missing the kick a bit, and there have been a few injury problems, so I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't rule her out 8-1, to one, but uh, marginally probably side with Emma Rassiano, especially the way the track rides, um, I think that'll suit her a lot more, and, and good luck to Edo McGuinness with a case of you who got home in the Abbey um, completely different sort of race to the Abbey but fully worth a try in here Lewis any any opinion on, on the race for you? That was going to be my angle into it Jimmy Zimmerati and I just not a better horse than Golden Pot no yes probably after that that sprint cup victory um, his, last run, his last three runs are stronger for yeah I think I'd agree um, the, Golden the, the draw next to each other yeah Golden Pal's just been Slightly flat when he's run in England uh, the last couple of times, and and I don't know. Wesley Ward hypes the hell out of him, and I've just never quite got bought into it. Yeah, but Wesley Wesley Ward hypes the hell out of his stable tortoise. 
Abdagi has a stable tortoise. I'd love it. I'd love it if it did. Good old Master Uruguay. Uh, Delmar. Life is good should win the dirt mile, shouldn't I? I mean, Gamine should win uh, the Phillies race. And really, you'd hope Jackie's Warrior would also win the Beaters Cup sprint. So you've got three, you've got a nice little treble there of very short-priced American favourites who, you know, are, are international superstars, really. Yeah, oh. I agree. I, I think they'll all take a fair amount of beating. Do you think Love wins the Philly and Mare Turf, Jim? This is such a head-scratcher because I really can't tell you if I fancy her or not. I, I, having been one of Love's greatest fans last season, She's showed me nothing really this year other than that Ascot performance where we thought, well, she'll improve for that and she should be a lot better to, to make me think that. But the race isn't isn't exactly brimming with proper grade one horses that she's run against this year. Ordaria looks to retake her crown from last year. Um was given an excellent ride by uh, Pierre-Charles Boudot, if, if we're allowed to mention that. Um, and Ordaria... Um, travelled into the race at Longchamp with superior ease uh, under Ioritz Mendizabal and um, maybe he should have gone for soon a little bit, uh, gone for home a little bit sooner if he was looking for that race again. Um, and you certainly couldn't underestimate another one drawn in, in stall twelve probably won't help. Um, but I suppose he can't really do out about that really. Um, but Love is probably the more likely likely a winner. Um, Rougier had won at Longchamp in a grey group one, beating Grand Glory, who um, who had beat Ordaria previously in the Prigent Romanier. Um, so bits and pieces of form there that are linked together between them two. Um, but I, I will probably be cheering on Love given uh, her season from last year. Yeah, this isn't a race I'm going to have a bet in because. Same here. Yeah. I think Love was a hard horse to put a figure on. Uh, and I like, like you, I'll get enough enjoyment if she goes and wins it anyway. Love's only used form is, is, is very, very decent, isn't it? The third uh, at the Sheena Classic, you know, bumped into Sadashi last time out in Japan. You know, and obviously Warlike Goddess, who is, you know, been pretty much unbeatable recently in America, won a grade one at Five to two on last time out. Uh, hard to say the level or die as a Rougier probably needs to prove she can do it on quick ground. I'll be cheering for love, but no financial interest. Uh, the mile, Jim. This is interesting. I like Space Blues. I think he's a a very professional, very straightforward animal who should love a tight turn in mile, but I want to have a go at him. I don't really? know why. From space, one of Space Blues' biggest fans, isn't it? I am. I look at, well, that was kind of my initial reaction. I saw him at 5-2 to two when I saw, you know, second fav, the local horse, Mo Fowler, at sixes. Third fav, Mother, Mother Earth at eights. I thought, do I have a look and try and Try and find something to have a go at him with because there is disparity there. You know, five to two to eight to one, the top three in the betting. But he should win, shouldn't he? He should, but I, I won't rule out Master of the Seas as well. Um, of course, second to Poetic Flair in the Guineas, a nice reappearance in the Jewel, and, and they were probably just rushing him back a little bit too soon um, for the Queen, uh, for the QE2, sorry. Um, this has been apparently the plan since the Guineas and and all his setbacks. Um, and they needed to get a run into him last time. Probably the ground too soft for him then. I know it was a, probably a nice renewal of the QE2. A lot of nice horses in there. Um, but I won't rule out Master of the Seas at 14s. Mother Earth's been on the go all season. Of course, at the beginning, winning the 1,000 Guineas. Um, she got another Group 1 in the pre-Rothschild. Um, sort of Ultra consistent this season, probably barring last time in the QE2, where she wasn't disgraced. Um, but the first time she'd been out of the side, the first three, um, 
she ran in the juvenile turf last last year, so she's travelled around the globe already. Um, she's ultra consistent as well. I'd probably rather, yeah, she, you'd absolutely adore to own her. And I, I don't know if they're keeping in training for next year, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled up sticks now and uh, after this and 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 got her to. Uh, back to Colmar and uh, and covered for next season because she's been a tremendous filly for him. Uh, and how is she officially only as good as tactical? Yeah, <laughs> like that's ridiculous. She deserves a lot more credit than she's actually got here. Um, I'd probably be playing Mother Earth and Master of the Seas against Space Blues and might even for a bit of fun have a try cast. Uh. If you like Space Blue Jim, would you give an each way chance to Pearls Galore who's sixteen to one? Yeah, you form as well. Yeah, you'd certainly have to. I, I personally um thought that Pearls Galore had, had prefer a bit of cussing in the ground, but the, this year she sort of shown that she can do it on better ground. Um I thought looking back on the form, that run behind Champers Elise back in back in the day sort of on soft ground sort of showed I thought she could be quite special on that sort of ground, but um, she's carried on progressing on better ground. Good second to Space Blues last time uh, in the foray. You certainly won't rule her out. Again, another one with the draw sort of puts me off a little bit. Um, she, she'll either need to track in behind or, or go fairly wide and press for the pace later on, uh, which could set up for the others like Master of the Seas and Space Blues. Fair enough, mate. And the Breeders' Cup turf, I think, will close with Tanawa 7-4. Have domestic spendings out, Inte? Yes. Sure, I read that tonight. He would have been second fab, but... Bolshoi Ballet gets in now. Yes, yeah, scraps and Bolshoi Ballet makes his way into the field. Uh, Fiona's 7s, Yibia's 9s, Walton Street 11s, 16s, Broom, 16s, Sisfahan. So, really... This is this is Europe dominated in terms of the market, and if I mean, if, I think you're arguing. I know I know the, the the draw is bad, and she's had hard enough races the last twice. But Tanawa would be shorter than this in Europe. Correct. Um, the way so the is track, that, go on. Are the draw uh, is the draw in a tough campaign enough? To get a B. We say a tough campaign. She's had two tough races already, but she's only had three runs and been campaigned lightly for this sort of uh, campaign in comparison to other seasons. So I, I won't I necessarily say she's had a tough campaign. Um, she's ran more races in other seasons and probably had as equally as tough a races. Um, the draw is slightly a worry, and the fact that everyone else under the sun fancies her um, slightly puts me off a little bit. Um, like you said, Europe dominated really, and, and Yabia, since gelding him, has, has brought out another sort of side to him. A very impressive winner of the great voltager in the end. I know that the form of that is is pretty disappointing, but I always really underestimate the great voltager and think he's a poor winner, and, and I. I Need to learn that the great voltage normally brings up nice horses, and um, they've got they've got him to settle a lot better now. Jamie Spencer rode him in the Belmont uh, in, in a Belmont race, and they held him up. And I thought, why is he doing this? He's not going to be able to come through him, and he, he come through with ultimate ease. Um, and I loved his head carriage, the way he was scrapping and battling. His head and neck was nearly on the ground. He was trying that hard, and he scuttled away from his rivals. Um, so he's proved he's, he's farm in America uh, and on good ground, tight turning track like Belmont. Uh, so that's got more of a, a, a sort of a longer straight than, than we'll probably be seeing at Del Mar. Um, but I think your beer might be a bit of value each way for me at nines. I know he's drawn stall 10, but we saw him held up last time. If he gets the gaps at the right time, he'll be flying late on. Um, and William Buick when he when he has got him on him hasn't exactly got the best record on him um however i i think he'll go go well here and and him and Tanawa uh will probably be where i'll be looking at this race i i, I like the both of them you look at Tiona, she beats snowfall uh in the vermai um obviously winner at windsor as well in that listed race but she had that big step up um 
to win that group great group one uh than my sort of different sort of race here I'm likely a campaign than a lot of the other ones here she's fascinating but she's not for me I think she might just find herself in deeper water than she's found before I agree with you Jim that I think your beer will be flying at the finish but I think he'll be flying from ninth to fourth right <laughs> no way he's quick enough for this is he he got whomped at Jester he beat Arguably the slowest group of three-year-olds to be assembled all season in the Voltager. The Mediterranean, Youth Spirit, Salukan, Scope and High Definition. That's practically a novice hurdle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, surely Del Mar. Surely he'll be, he'll be off his feet after the first three furlongs. Uh, He'll be going forwards at the finish, but I don't. I don't. I think he'll. I think his race will be lost before halfway. Uh, Tiona's the obvious angle against the favourite, and she's a nice enough price to do so. If Tanara's beaten, I think it'll be by her, and it really could be, and he probably should be closer in the market. But it's it, the, the way the way the way the market is now. Like I said, is that if Tanara wins at seven to four or two to one, people come back and think how have we let her go off that price because her form is you know half a stone superior to everything else in this field if Tiona goes and wins we think how have we let her go off 6-1 to one? because she's progressive and, and arguably the only one barring you know barring Tanawa with substantial international grade 1 form I know you'd be as a grade 1 winner as well Recent grade one form because Japan's in here as well. Uh, somehow a grade one winner at some point in his life. Uh, Walton Street officially rated 127. Walton Street, uh, lovely, lovely, really nice animal, but not surely he won't be good enough to win this. He won a grade one last time out from Desert Encounter. Uh, not for me. Would you give Broom a chance? No. No, he's a slow horse. I know he's a slow horse. I know he's a slow horse. But he's better than a lot of these. I know people say he's slow, but he's not been running badly this season. You know, he won a group one four starts ago. Yeah, but it was a poor group one. It was, but his second to wonderful tonight in the Hardwick, I think, was good. You know, the... No bigger fan on the planet of Hookham than I am. You know, beat him. Alba Flora's come out and done done really well. Look, I don't think Broom will win. And like Jim said, <laughs> this, shouldn't, this shouldn't suit Broom. But I think he's a little bit disrespected at 16-1 to 1 because he's a better horse than a lot of these. Uh, you can brush him under the carpet. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. They weren't even going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> uh, before we go, give him a word on Bolshoi Ballet. Uh, you be a batter him last time. Yeah, and I think you'll batter him again here. Um, same situation. He's been campaigned in America. Went off favourite uh, for the Derby um, after a, a very good win in the in the Bally Sacks. Um, Looked slightly back to his best in the Belmont derby, um, but then disappointing in the Saratoga and disappointing at Belmont behind your beer, and I think he'll beat him again. I think I genuinely think you'd be a solid 9-1 to value. He'll be staying on late on each way for me. And Jim, when I make my selection, please can you slow it down really in the edit so it sounds like I've said both Tanawa and Tiona? <laughs> I can try. I like... <laughs> Reverse forecast. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. That's a more sensible bet than maybe some trickery and lies. Uh, anything else for museum? I would just like to point out that uh, this is completely nothing to do with racing, but I've got it on the telly now. And I love snooker. I play snooker several times a week. I'm watching the uh, the championship on Eurosport now, the English Open. And people are, are in the crowd. And they've paid money to be there. And they all just look like they're waiting to die. 
I, I, one sport I have no time for is snooker. It's a, one of the best sports in the world to play. But the people who bought tickets and it zooms in on their faces and they all just look so regretful <laughs> that they've given up the hard-earned money to watch this. Because I love playing it, but it's not a very fun sport to watch. It's harder to, I mean, it's harder to watch in person than it is on telly. <laughs> and just, just looking at those, every time it zooms in, I just smile to myself and just think, you poor bastards. <laughs> Naps time. Uh, are we including America? Go on. Go on. Uh, let's nap. Oh, so royal. <laughs> of course. Uh, next best senior citizen. And I really should put one in. I really should say one in America, shouldn't I? Uh, no, do you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna third best Dakota Gold, and I'm not telling you which one, because England Dakota Gold runs at Donny on, on Saturday. <laughs> so I'm getting two chances for the price of one. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. I'll let you off with that. Um, my nap of the weekend will come in the Sefton with Senior Citizen. Uh, my next have you best... Oh, fuck it, I'll change them. Then I'll double nap again because it worked out so well last time. <laughs> it's got to end sometime. Um, uh, next best will be Jack Christopher in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile on the Friday and on back to the Saturday, the first at Aintree, uh, Tiger by the Tail. Uh, he will be my third best. Thank you for being here, Jim. I do enjoy talking about the Beerus Cup, and I know I take the piss, but I'm going to watch every race. It's quality, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely adore it. Um, open the bottle of wine, kick your feet back, order a pizza, and enjoy the coverage, uh, even though it's on ITV, um, of NBC and, and Sky Sports. Absolutely great coverage every year. Uh, and Racing TV have it this year as well. Yeah, I know. Um, but the American coverage is, is, I enjoy watching it so much. It's, it's like life or death in comparison to English. Like, there is no life without the Breeders' Cup. You don't have Scott Chegg making halfway through the show? No, James Martin doesn't turn up and, uh, them silly people from, uh, this morning and, and loose women and people just make, weirdly turn up and just aggravate you. Um, when you could be looking at the horses in the parade ring. Rant over. It'll be interesting. I think I'm going to roll a dice and no matter what, and uh, everyone at London will be whose coverage I watch. Maybe we should we, we should do the ITV bingo for the Breeders' Cup. So how many times will the Melbourne Cup get mentioned? Well, um, it was this week, to be fair, so I might let her off this time. But no, no horse at the Breeders' Cup will be running at the Melbourne Cup, will it? You be a mate. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell. <laughs> Thanks for rating the races for the support. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening and we found you a few winners. See you again soon. See you soon. Stay safe.